Hey there, Margie Bryce here bringing you the Krabby Pastor podcast. And I don't think you're going to be too surprised to know that it's too easy today to become the Krabby Pastor. Our time together will give you food for thought to help you be the ministry leader fully surrendered to God's purposes and living into whatever it takes to get you there and keep you there. So we're talking about sustainability in ministry. So why call this the Krabby Pastor Podcast anyway? I mean, I mostly what I did was share this with ministry leaders that I was planning a podcast. I was going to call it the Krabby Pastor Podcast. And Pretty much, they laughed. They thought it was pretty amusing and said, I'd listen to that. And I thought, well, good, good. That was encouragement to me. I got one person saying that they felt like it was a misnomer here because I'm going to talk about what you have to do to not be a crabby pastor on the inside, mostly, certainly on the outside, but you know, we can pull that off where we are serene on the outside and then we're pretty crabby inside. We're we're trained to do that in many cases. And I said, no, I kind of like the oxymoron effect of this. I felt like it was warranted. And then I wondered, well, perhaps there will be some ministry leaders who will resist this idea that they are even remotely connected to anything crabby. And that is a strong possibility. I mean, how dare I presume this about everybody or other ministry leaders in specificity here? So (laughs) true, I would say true, I guess. On the other hand, I'm going to call for us to embrace this idea that it is possible for us to be crabby pastors. And the way we do that is by totally ignoring the fact that we are frail, we are human, and we need a little bit of self-care. I think to embrace this crabby pastor notion takes a level of humility, a level of, yeah, you know, I can be that. Or I can see how someone might be that. Or I have a friend who is that. Any and all of those contribute. I frankly, I like the name. I think it draws attention to itself. And then I have the opportunity to share my passion for helping ministry leaders stay on track, go the distance with what God has planned in advance for them to do. I love that part of it. So, you know, so it's sticking. It's sticking. So the level of humility, though, that you do need to want to even consider remotely that you might on, you know, maybe one or two days a year could become a crabby pastor, does take a level of humility. And humility is a topic that I've been interested in. My dissertation work was a little more practical than that. And I asked the question how well ministry leaders actually understand kenosis. That's from Philippians 2, where it says that Jesus made himself nothing. He didn't consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. Can you imagine that? 
I mean, I think you and I are very much, you know, you look for any advantage, any open door, any opportunity, and we snap it up. But Jesus did not do that kind of thing. Instead, he made himself nothing and took on the very nature of a servant. Took on the very nature of a servant, which, you know, today that has all kinds of interesting baggage in the North American United States here. And that is not exactly the same as in ancient times. However, it was a downgrade of your status. Let's say that. So, you know, humility, making yourself nothing. And humility is kind of a a dicey thing in that the minute you think you have it, you don't have it, right? It's like nailing jello to a tree and it is something to be pursued at all costs, not wanting to leverage your own advantage over other people, not wanting to snap power and control. Oh my goodness, control. Are we not all control freaks? We, some are more control freaks than others. I, I am, I've discovered this wandering through the land of the broken wrist this summer, and I am a lot more controlling than I like to admit. So there, there's that. So humility calls us to at least consider that we aren't all that and a bag of chips. And it is something that that I am interested in because, I mean, you just have to listen to things like the rise and fall of Mars Hill, you know, and it kind of makes the hair stand up on the back of your neck because of the level of of arrogance and audacity that is there in in some ministry leaders. And the minute you think, I will never be that, is the minute, you know, the minute you think you're above, I'll never be a crabby pastor, I'll never be an arrogant pastor, I'll never be. That is when you know, you can be set up for a potential fall. So I'm very interested in self-care. I'm interested in being surrendered to God's purposes. And I want to share with you a little equation because a lot of people talk about balance, you know, and self-care and balancing your life. And I'm going to say, you know, there are some seasons in your life when balance isn't exactly what you title it because something needs to be out of balance and out of whack. If only for a short season to accomplish a larger thing. But I want to talk to you about where the balance actually lies, where it comes into play. I ran into this nifty little, um, what I'm calling an equation, because I'm kind of math-minded, or at least not afraid of numbers-minded. If you say 1 plus 1 equals 2, the equal sign is the place where the balance comes into play. So the things on the left side of the equal sign is going to be the same as the things on the right side. And I bring this up because I found this nifty little uh, equation that I wanted to bring to you through my dissertation work on what it means to be a canonic leader, what it means to be God's surrendered leader. And here it is. It is your identity plus your participation equals authenticity. Let me unpack that just a bit more. 
So your identity, as it is rooted in being a servant of Jesus, plus your participation in kingdom projects or kingdom-related situations, your participation and collaboration with what the Holy Spirit is guiding and directing you to do. So you have your identity plus an active participation equals authentic representation of Jesus on earth. And I'm convinced that we need some more authentic representation of Jesus here on earth. Here's what some of my dissertation project discovered along the way. And I surveyed ministry leaders, and I wanted to see what their understanding of kenosis was, what their understanding of being fully surrendered wholeheartedly to God's purposes on earth, what that looked like among the ranks of ministry leaders. What I found is that ministry leaders love, love, loved the identity, even as a servant of Jesus. They loved it because servant doesn't mean exactly the same thing today as it did in the culture at that time. Even Paul called himself a servant of Jesus. So it's that. They love that. They love that idea, that concept. They also love the idea of being an authentic representation of Jesus on earth. I mean, who, would, who wouldn't in ministry want that, right? We all want that. We all strive for that. That's our heartbeat, right? But along the way, they weren't so crazy about this participation piece, about stepping in in a very active way to participate and collaborate with what the Holy Spirit is guiding and directing them to do, whether that meant surrendering what they thought they should do next or if God intervened and said, hey, go do this instead, they really weren't nuts about that. And you know, my friends, I think that participation piece is the rubber meets the road because the equation is identity plus participation in the world is what produces this authenticity of faith. So that's the participation piece is where you can get your hands a little dirty and, you know, loving other people. I mean, even the most lovable, at some point, it's going to get messy, 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 messy. We don't like messy. We really are not fond of getting our hands dirty. But it is in that participation piece, the rubber meets the road piece, where our hearts are changed and our habits are formed. And I mean habits in the good sense of the way we go at life. It's a matter of doing versus being peace. We need to be willing to follow God and be faithful with wherever God plants our feet because God has a vested interest in cultivating in our mind and in our heart and in our being to become more and more like Jesus, right? So sometimes though we we tell God that, you know, maybe you're not able and capable of doing certain things. Well, we don't say it that bluntly, that's for sure, but you kind of have questions in your mind about, well, that will never happen, or 
I can't see that happening. Sometimes women, especially in ministry, have, have been challenged by this. You know, that's a very prayerful and a very surrendered kind of journey. I think they all are, actually. I think whether you're a guy or a gal, there's going to be something that you got to push through always, always. Hey, I would love to hear what makes you crabby or what might make you crabby on just the right day, you know, or maybe, maybe you know what makes your friend in ministry crabby. You could send that along too. send it to Margie at MargieBrice.com. That's Margie at MargieBrice.com. And that may indeed be fodder for our next session together. I want to share with you a story about a time when I saw God put my feet in a spot that I never, ever would have dreamed it would happen. I was asked to do and help with, mostly help with, my uncle's funeral. This was a mere six weeks after his brother, my father-in-law, had passed away, and I was asked to assist there. A friend of mine was his pastor, and I said, you know, whatever you need me to do, I will do. So I was charged with getting up in front of the family and getting people to share their favorite stories about my father-in-law. Apparently, I did a good enough job of that, that my family of my uncle then turned around and asked me to do the same for him when he passed away a mere six weeks from his brother. The odd thing about this was, for me anyway, my family is in two camps, kind of. We have the uh, United Methodist camp, who, you know, is acquainted with women in ministry. And then there was the faction of the family that is not having that um, and don't recognize women in those kinds of positions of authority. But okay, Okay, so everything's fine, though, but it was the the family side that uh, didn't typically put women into those kinds of positions that just asked me to assist. Now, that was nice in and of itself, and I was happy to help. Usually, if somebody asks me to help, I'm going to help, especially when it comes to a funeral situation. This time, the funeral was going to take place in a church setting where women in leadership just wasn't happening that much, if ever. And I happened to know the pastor there from being involved in the community, and he had a high reputation, and he also had a lot of, well, let's just say he had been there for many, many, many years. So he had a lot of political clout, and I don't mean political in the sense of getting elected or anything, but he had a, I'm not even sure how to say this, really. He had a reputation whereby he could do some things that maybe a newer pastor couldn't do and have it be okay. I think that's a fair a fair statement. So what happened is I arrived at the church. I'm expecting just to sit next to my husband and at the right time get up and solicit for stories about my uncle. And what happened is the pastor approached me We did know each other, and he told me I was going to process in with him with the casket. And I thought, okay. And then he whipped out a bulletin and showed me where I was going to be reading scripture and showed me 
you know, any other thing that I was going to be doing. I mean, he was doing the main parts of it, but, and he had me listed. This was the part that really was very surprising to me. He had me listed as Reverend Margie Bryce in this bulletin. And I thought, all righty. So I just didn't put a lot of thought into it. I'm in the moment. I'm just going to follow. I go follow with him down the front And then he motions for me to get up on the platform to sit up there. And I thought, okay, all right. And then it's my turn to get up and read some scripture. And as I stood there and was about to read the words of scripture that he had, you know, selected and the family probably had selected, I just had a moment where I just stood there and I thought, truly, Lord Jesus, you can put my feet anywhere you want, can't you? And I related that whole story to my spiritual director at the time. And she said, you know, you need, you need to hang on to that idea. You need to just hang on to that idea that God can indeed put your feet any old place that God so chooses. Now, this is, I think, pretty amazing, not just that piece, but the fact that uh, my spiritual director really pressed me on it and to hold it in my heart. And I was just ambling along, sort of following the path and participating that day with where whatever God had going on there. And it is something now that I can look back on and still draw on today. And maybe you've had those kind of moments as well where God does something unusual because you are participating. Now, I don't proclaim to be the most authentic representation of Jesus on the pike. You know, I just I just don't proclaim that. And, and obviously, my podcast is titled Krabby Pastor. Those people who know me fairly well kind of <laughs> chuckle about that because I'm pretty direct. That's That's probably the nicest way anybody's ever put that to me, but I'm pretty direct. So I can't always say I get it right, but I can say that the times that I have stepped into unusual circumstances and participated with God in something unusual, that it's my heart that is grown and it's my heart that changes. And I hopefully am becoming more like Jesus, even though there are days and times when I don't do that so very well. So that is the balance that I want to uh, bring to you, how God can indeed intervene. And as long as we're cooperating and collaborating with Jesus, God is doing a work in our hearts and in our lives with our ministry, with our people, with our family, with the people around us. It does. However, it does require that you stop yourself for a moment, you know, because I could have cranked about this or that or the other and, you know, set off on some kind of theological treatise, even in my own mind and my heart, like, well, they never let me do this on a Sunday. You know, I could have done that kind of thing. But along the way, I just bought into the idea of, you know, God knows what God is doing. Jesus knows the parts of my heart that need some work. And Jesus knows that I need encouragement. I need to be able to see beyond my own self. I need to be able to push down my tendency to be kind of crabby and cranky about this, that, and the other thing 
and and just own that, that that's a possibility. But also at the same time to know that God has bigger things in mind and that in mind, D, mind, and that his formative purposes for me will take precedence as long as I'm buying into that. And as long as I'm willing to say, Lord, your grace is sufficient for me. I will go where you lead. I will be your surrendered person. Help me to push back on my natural self that can overthink things, over critique things, over analyze things. And just let me walk and step into your purposes and be your surrendered uh, person who is serving according to your purposes in your way. Because you don't want to be serving in your own ways. You want to be serving according to God. And then that is when God can sometimes do something spectacular with a seemingly simple thing. So I would encourage you to be on the lookout for those moments where you can participate wholeheartedly with what God is doing. And you take that and you say, I am God's surrendered person, and I want to participate because, Lord, here's what I really want. I want to be an authentic representation of Jesus. Hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for considering what it looks like to be the crabby pastor. And my hope and prayer would be that you would be doing everything that you need to do to not be the Krabby Pastor.